What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. What's up, divers? Welcome into Deep Dive Fantasy Football. It's a Thursday episode, so you know what that means. We're going over starts, sits, DFS plays, situations to monitor, my five favorite betting lines. But we always start with a thrifty Thursday trick. These are two guys that you can pick up on Thursday, drop your defense, drop your kicker. Now, you probably don't want to drop your defense, but you could drop your kicker and pick up either Hunter Renfro or Kalen Balazs. Because both of these guys play on Thursday and would benefit from an injury. If Eckler gets injured, Kalen Balazs will be a hot, hot pickup and could really help you win the championship next week. And with Ruggs on COVID IR, if something happens to Aguilar, all of a sudden, that whole receiving room is Renfro and Waller because Brian Edwards has done nothing this season so far. So that's the second guy I would pivot to. But my number one priority for this 50 Thursday trick would be Kalen Balazs. Now, if you have a really good kicker and you don't want to drop him, we're so deep into the season that you know, you're know you only going to need that person for next week if anything happens. So if you want to just keep your kicker and you don't want to mess around there, I don't blame you, but I doubt anybody's going to pick up your kicker, right? Because there's only four people left in the playoffs. I'm sure everyone has their defense. Everyone has their kicker. So you'd be fine dropping either, but if you want to keep them, I don't blame you. But those are the guys for me, Kalen Blage, Hunter Renfro. And with that said, we're going to get right in to our starts and... I'm going right to my team to start off. Tom Brady versus the Falcons. The Falcons allow the absolute most points to the fantasy quarterback. And keep in mind, this is after a three turnover game for Justin Herbert and the week before or two weeks before when they played Derek Carr. Derek Carr had like 1.3 points against them. And still, despite that, the Falcons allowed the most points to the fantasy quarterback. So Tom Brady is a slam start for me. Plus, it's a dome game, so that's always helpful, especially when a lot of games at this time in the season are, you know, in cold weather, in rain, in wind, whatever the case may be. None of those things are factors in this game. So I am starting Brady. I'm starting the Bucks receivers. The Falcons allow the second most points to the receiving position. And on the other side of the ball, you can also start some not-so-popular guys like Russell Gage, for example, because obviously Ridley's starting. Julio, if he's out, and that's what this is contingent on. If Julio is out, Russell Gage would be a good start versus the Bucks. He'll get enough targets. Hopefully the Bucks are going to be winning the game and be up, and the Falcons are going to be trying to throw the ball to catch up and win. Then we have the Chargers versus the Raiders on Thursday. This is the game that's played the night of uh, you know this podcast coming out. It should be a really good game. Hopefully it's super entertaining. I'm going Derek Carr versus the Chargers. The Chargers allow the ninth most points to the fantasy quarterback. Derek Carr has been playing extremely well the past three weeks. Yes, I know it's scary, but this is a dome game. The Chargers don't have a great defense. I really don't see Carr just having a a horrible game. It's, It's tough for me to see that. So I like Derek Carr versus the Chargers. And between the two guys I've told you guys so far, Tom Brady, Derek Carr, definitely Tom Brady. Derek Carr is more of a, a super flex type of guy, or if you just have been streaming quarterback all year, which is definitely a viable strategy in one quarterback leagues. But if you've been doing that, Derek Carr would be the guy for me. Then his favorite target 
after Darren Waller, Nelson Aguilar versus the Chargers. This is a more, you know, desperate type of move. But if you're looking at your opponent and your opponent is projected to beat you by 20 points, if they've got a whole bunch of studs and you need somebody to pop, Nelson Aguilar is your guy because he has a low floor. You know, we talked about this on two days ago on the Tuesday episode, talking about how Aguilar has been up and down and he kind of needs the touchdown and he's just hard to predict and all of that stuff and how he's been pretty volatile as a fantasy player. But I think this is going to be a good week for him. Henry Ruggs is out. And that may give you more confidence. Honestly, I'm not going to say that that is a bump up for Nelson Aguilar because if we look at what Henry Ruggs has done, Henry Ruggs has gotten like three targets a game. And really, he probably opens everything up for Aguilar. He makes, he's part of the reason Aguilar is always open. So Aguilar might get one or two more targets because like we just said, Henry Ruggs doesn't get many in the first place. But it might be counteracted by the fact that he's not going to be as open because the defense isn't worried about rugs on one side of the field taking the top off the defense. So I, I just kind of look at Aguilar the same type of way he has been. I'm not giving him a bump up because of rugs. I'm just confident in him because I think the Raiders are going to put up some points versus the Chargers. It's a dome game, so that's always good as well. Then we have the Green Bay Panthers game. So the Packers versus Panthers. I like two people in this game. One of them is Robert Tanyan. The Panthers allowed the seventh most points to the tight end position in fantasy. And also, Robert Tanyan has averaged 15 points per game over the last four games. Now, he has had a touchdown in all of those games, I believe. And that's a big reason why. But even if you take away a touchdown, that's six points, right? You take away six points every week, that's still nine points per game. That is really good for the tight end position. And that's just off receiving yardage. So I really like Robert Tanyan because of that. So even if he doesn't get a touchdown he has a high floor at this point because he's getting five targets a game and getting you know 50 yards for you and the touchdown possibility is there especially versus the Panthers so I really like Robert Tanyan I know a lot of people struggle at the tight end position so he's a guy that I'm definitely looking towards this week and on the other side of the ball Mike Davis versus the Green Bay Packers they allowed the fifth most points to the running back position Mike Davis showed us that we should still be confident in him when Christian McCaffrey is out which he is this week and that's basically what I got for you. I mean, plain and simple, it's a chalk answer for me. Mike Davis has been great. He's been getting a lot of touches, and it's an easy matchup. Fire up your Mike Davis. And this one might be the play of the week in DFS in just like all across the board. Brandon Ayuk, and you guys know, coming from me, that should hit home because you guys know I was lower on him than most. And he has definitely been really good. Over the last five games, 20 points per game, the last five games he's played, he's missed two in the last seven games. But if you just take the ones he's played in, 20 points per game, and he's facing Dallas without Debo Samuel, and Dallas allows the seventh most points to the wide receiver position, Ike is going to go crazy. I, I think he's a lock for 15 points. A lock for 15 points. And he has upside for 30. So I really, really love Brandon Ayuk. He is a must start at this point. Jeff Wilson as well. But this is only if, only if Raheem Mostert misses. He's scheduled for an MRI. I have not gotten the, at the time of recording, because I'm recording this on Wednesday, I have not gotten the news yet of what the deal is with Mostert. Maybe you know now if Mostert is out. Jeff Wilson is definitely worth a start versus Dallas. He has been getting a good amount of touches even with Mostert healthy. So we have to assume he's going to get at least, you know, 13 to 15 touches with Mostert out versus Dallas. That's a very good opportunity share. 
and he has a great shot at a touchdown. He's already been taking some red zone carries away from Mostert. So I really like Jeff Wilson in that uh, that spot right there. Then we have DeAndre Swift versus Tennessee. This game has projected showers. So it's projected for rain. What does that help? It's not the receivers. It's not the quarterback. It helps the running back position that both in the receiving game because it's shorter dump offs and obviously in the running game because it's safer to run the ball. So as long as you trust your running back not to, to fumble the ball. So DeAndre Swift should be in line for a, a good tote, a good amount of work. And I assume he's fully healthy now. And with him being fully healthy and the Titans allowing the six most points against running backs or two running backs, I really like DeAndre Swift in this spot versus Tennessee. I'm personally starting him in uh, a spot over a, a couple other options. So I like Swift a lot. Terry McLaurin versus Seattle. Seattle allows the absolute most points to the wide receiver in fantasy. And, you know, it might be like, obviously, Terry McLaurin is a start. But he's been kind of struggling the past four or five weeks. So I'm saying it to instill confidence in you. It's a good matchup. And if Haskins is at quarterback, that will definitely help. Even if Alex Smith is at quarterback, I'll still play McLaurin because of the matchup. But if Haskins is at quarterback, I'm even more confident. That helps him by four points per game, uh, at least when looking at history so far through what he's done. Obviously, it's not like a guarantee four points, but that's what it's been so far. And I would definitely say he's going to be better with Haskins because Haskins doesn't like to check it down to J.D. McKissick as much as Alex Smith does. He enjoys taking chances. Then we have T.Y. Hilton. After Brandon Ayuk, this is my absolute like second most confident out of all of the slam starts this week. T.Y. Hilton versus the Texans. He has 70 points over the last three games. 70 points. That is obnoxiously high. And he dropped 25 points on Houston two weeks ago. So I really like T.Y. Hilton versus the Texans. Start him up. Jalen Hurts versus honestly anyone. If Jalen Hurts is starting and there's no chance of him getting pulled, which I don't think there is, then you're starting Jalen Hurts. He's facing Arizona, which is also a decent matchup. It's not... It's neither good nor bad. It's just about average. But I like Hertz and Kyler to go back and forth. And, you know, a lot of people have been super confident in Taysom Hill. If you've been confident in Taysom Hill and you've been starting Taysom Hill, Jalen Hurts is Taysom Hill with an arm. He's Taysom Hill that is a better passer. And I'm taking that all day, especially in, you know, a decent matchup. A decent matchup. Then we have two more starts for you guys. The first one is Clyde Edwards-Hilaire versus the Saints. But Brandon, but but Brandon, the matchup, the matchup, the Saints have such a good defense. Exactly, exactly. The Saints' defense is really good versus the running back, but they're not just good against the running back. They're good in general, which means they might keep this game close. And if they keep the game close, who's getting all the touches? We've noticed the trend, right? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. In the Raiders games, who dominated the touches? Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, why? Because the Raiders and Chiefs were close the entire time in both games. Who was dominating touches versus the Bucks when it was a close game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Who was dominating touches versus Miami when it was a close game, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. So versus the Saints, where it might be a close game, and I still am not sure if Taysom Hill or Drew Brees is going to be playing. Drew Brees is supposed to practice Wednesday, or they're supposed to see. So the day that I'm recording, they're supposed to see if he's ready to practice or not. So you guys will probably know by the time you hear this on Thursday. But if Taysom Hill is out, that helps Clyde even more because it's an even better chance if or not if he's out but if he's benched if Drew Brees is back because if Drew Brees is back it's even more likely that the Saints and Chiefs are going back and forth over and over and over which means Clyde will be on the field the entire time 
Lastly, we have Cam Akers versus the Jets. And a lot of people are saying Cam Akers is in the perfect spot versus the Jets because the Jets suck and they have a bad defense. That's not even true. The The part that they suck is obviously true. But having a bad defense, they've actually been pretty good against running backs. So that's not the reason. The real reason Cam Akers is a slam start versus the Jets is because the Rams' defense is going to keep the Jets off the field like that. Boom, boom, boom. Off the field, off the field. Three and out, three and out, three and out. The Rams are going to be on the field the entire time. Like, it's going to be one of those... I, I think this game is going to be one of those games where time of possession is whack. Like, I'm talking 40-20, 40 minutes to the Rams. And when the Rams get up, they're just going to run it down the Jets' throats, even though the Jets have been decent versus running backs. The Rams looked great running the ball versus the Patriots. Their offensive line is starting to mesh. Cam Akers has hit his stride. He's also getting the bulk of carries. So I like Cam Akers for the reason that the Rams are going to be winning. The Rams' defense is going to keep the... Uh, Jets offense off the field, which means more touches for Cam Akers and the Rams offense. That's why I love Cam Akers versus the Jets. Now let's talk about some sits. All right, we got Matt Ryan. This is if Julio Jones is out. All right, over the course of this season, Matt Ryan is averaging 17 points per game. If you only take the games that Julio Jones has played, Matt Ryan is averaging much better, 19.7 points per game. Now, if you take the games without Julio, that's four games. His average drops all the way down to 11.4 points per game. 11.4 points per game for Matt Ryan without Julio Jones. And those were easy matchups. It's not like, oh, let's see who he played first. I looked, and this is who he played. The Raiders. He played the Raiders without Julio Jones. They allow the 10th most points to quarterback. He played the Panthers, who allow the 9th most points to quarterback. Then the Chargers who allowed the 13th most points to quarterback. So all better than average, allow more than average to the fantasy quarterback. And then one bad matchup, the Bears, who are 22nd, not even as hard as you would have thought. So he's had amazing matchups without Julio Jones, and his average was 11.4. If Julio Jones doesn't play versus the Bucks, Matt Ryan is a sit, especially because that Bucks defense is better than the Raiders, better than the Panthers, better than the Chargers. It's not the Bears, but... It's better than three of the four that he was horrible against. And then we got Robbie Anderson versus the Packers. DJ Moore is out. Jair Alexander is probably going to be on Robbie. That's the expl explanation right there. No, thank you. Jair Alexander is one of the elite corners in this league. He is one of the shutdown corners in this league, especially in man coverage. If he is on Robbie, which is what I expect with DJ Moore out, then I'm not touching Robbie. No, thank you. You got to find a pivot. And I have Robbie in like two of my leagues that I'm still alive. And I'm sitting him in both. I would actually play Nelson Aguilar over Robbie Anderson. That's a super risk. It is a risk, but I would do it. Ezekiel Elliott versus the 49ers. The 49ers are 28th against fantasy running backs. That means they're the fourth worst, right? Third, fourth, fifth worst. Fifth worst, yeah, because you got 32, 31, 30, 29, and then 28. So they are the fifth worst team versus running backs in fantasy and Elliott has not looked amazing plus Pollard is still getting touches I don't expect Elliott to find the end zone I would be surprised if the Cowboys even get into the end zone more than once or twice I mean if the 49ers just take care of the ball if they just take care of the ball don't turn the ball over like you did versus Washington the Cowboys offense is going to have a lot of trouble getting anywhere near the end zone so I don't want to play Elliott because of that James Robinson versus the Ravens. He's unlikely to get a touchdown, just like I was saying for Elliott. 
The Ravens can control the clock with the run game, keeping James Robinson off the field. Similar to what I was just saying with the Rams versus the Jets, how I think they're going to control the clock, keep the Jets off the field. I expect the same thing from the Ravens defense to keep to get the Jaguars offense off the field quickly, but also the Ravens offense is just one of the best, most dynamic running games that we've seen in a really long time. And with Lamar Jackson, Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, those three guys, just run, run, run. Once the Ravens are up by a touchdown or two, they should just run. I mean, there's no reason. Run is way safer. It's It lets your offensive line just build confidence, build momentum going into future games because the running game always helps offensive linemen more than passing. So it just makes sense for the Ravens to just run down the Jaguars' throats, especially because the Jaguars are not good at stopping the run. And that's going to keep James Robinson off the field. So you're probably not getting a touchdown because it's a tough matchup versus a tough defense. And you're probably not getting as many touches as he was because they're going to be behind, so they're going to have to throw more often. Plus, they're going to be taken off the field a lot and held in check, held on the bench by the Ravens offense. So no thank you on James Robinson. And lastly, you guys know the narrative. The rookie quarterback versus the Patriots versus Belichick's defense always plays bad. Tua Tagovailoa is that rookie quarterback this week. Justin Herbert had like two points versus Belichick earlier in the year. Kyler Murray was held way under his average as a second-year quarterback versus Belichick. Tua, no thank you versus the Patriots. Plus, the Patriots, I mean, they got demolished by the Rams, but they played good. Jared Goff only had 16 points, and that was with a rush touchdown, which is lucky. So he basically had 10 points. They are not really a great matchup for quarterbacks. So I'm not talking... Not touching Tua Tagovailoa this week. Also, the over-under in Vegas is 41.5. That was the smallest or lowest over-under total that I saw on the week. So they do not expect, Vegas does not expect points at all. So obviously that hurts the quarterback. And with that said, we're going to take a quick break. And we will be back with my five favorite betting lines. What's up, divers? Do you enjoy a good workout like me? Are you trying to get built? If so, you need a good source of protein after to get maximum gains. Luckily, your boy, talking about myself, just got sponsored by Built Bar. So you can get some awesome protein bars at 10% off with my code DEEPDIVE. Just check out BuiltBar.com where they have so many sick options. Also, if you enjoy the podcast, take a second to pause the podcast right here. That's right, you heard me right here. And drop me a rating or review, and if you are feeling super generous, you can choose to support the podcast monthly through the link on the episode page or found in the website podcast section. With that being said, as you know, let's get back to the content. Alright guys, welcome back in. We're going to hit the five favorite betting lines. Results from last week, one and four. Hopefully we do get them next time, and that time has come. Five favorite betting lines this week. We're going to start off with the Chiefs versus the Saints. The Chiefs are favored by three. I think they cover. I think they win by more than three, regardless of who is starting at quarterback for the Saints. I expect the Chiefs' offense to massively outscore the Saints' offense, whether or not Breeze or Taysom Hill is playing. I don't think it matters. And there's no defense that can start stop the Chiefs. And the Saints' defense has been a huge reason why they've been so good this year, especially in the latter half of the season. And if that part of their game is not going to be making much of an impact on the game versus the Chiefs offense. They're not going to be able to keep up offensively. So I really like the Chiefs to cover minus three here. That's the first one. And then we got another one. 
Browns minus four versus the Giants. I'm taking them to cover. So right off the bat, we're taking two teams that are favored to cover by what they're favored by. The Browns are favored by four versus the Giants. The Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt offense is going to run all over the Giants. They're also going to keep the Giants offense off the field for a good amount of time. Daniel Jones is not 100% and it seems like he's going to start. Honestly, I'm not sure Daniel Jones is any better than Colt McCoy. And a hurt Daniel Jones is even worse. So I really like the Browns defense to do a good enough job versus the Giants that they are winning by at least a touchdown. And at minus four, I like that. I'm taking that. Those are the first two. And I do just want to say that last week's five favorite betting lines, I think my uh, my picks were a little bit too fancy or I was trying to get a little too cute. And I think that was part of the problem. So I'm going back to the root. You know, I'm going to go back and just take what I find as the easiest things, not something that might be surprising that I'm like, ooh, this might happen. I like this. Let's take this one. No, I'm going to take the ones that I am 100% confident in. Because there were a couple lines, like, I, I wanted to take the Cardinals last week to cover versus the Giants. Because I was like, man, there's no way the Cardinals are going to lose to the Giants. And they were only favored by three, so I liked that one. But I didn't put that in here, right? I like the Tennessee line versus the Jaguars. I didn't put that in the five favorite betting lines last week. So I'm going to kind of just go back to that. You know, I'm going to go back to the teams that I think are clearly the better team that are favored by a small amount. That's the Chiefs versus the Saints, the Browns versus the Giants. And another one here, the Bills versus the Broncos. The Bills are favored by six and a half, and I think they win by a touchdown or more. Plus, John Brown could be activated this week, which would definitely help. And I'm not even banking on that. Whether or not he is or is not, I'm still taking the Bills to cover. Josh Allen, Cole Beasley, Stephon Diggs versus the Broncos defense that just lost, oh man, A.J. Boye, right? Yeah, they just lost A.J. Boye. So... That was their best corner, and missing him is really going to hurt. So the Bills versus the Broncos, I like them to cover that, six and a half. And also the Broncos offense, I mean, we just, we just talked about Drew Locke on Tuesday's episode, right? Broken clock is right twice a day, and that was Drew Locke last week. He's not going to look good versus the Bills. I do not expect that whatsoever. He has not looked good at all this season until last week. And it was like, it, he didn't even look that good. His numbers look a lot better than what he actually looked like when you're watching him play. Now we got an over-under. It's going to be the first one that we take. And it's going to be interesting. It's another Thursday bet. You know, we started last week rough with the Rams Patriots bet on Thursday, but I'm going to take another Thursday one, and if we're right, that's cool because we'll have a nice 1-0 start going into Sunday, and I'm taking the under on the 53 over under for the Chargers Raiders. I do think the Raiders are going to be able to put up points, but 53 is a decent over under. You know, you could have a score of 27-24, and guess what? You hit the under, so I still think there's going to be points in this game, but I was looking, going through all the Thursday games. I literally went through every single Thursday game so far this season, and they have been more often than not lower scoring than the average games on weeks, and also they have hit the under more often. So those two things, combined with the fact that the Chargers are banged up, Eckler, Keenan Allen, like just so many guys are banged up right now, and they're just not practicing. So that, combined with the fact that most of the games I've hit the under makes me want to take the under here because if the Chargers are not going toe-to-toe with the Raiders the whole time, then it could be a low-scoring game. So, Plus, it's kind of a hedge bet, right? Because all of us that are listening to this podcast and me who's you know hosting it, 
we have teams alive in the playoffs right now. Or maybe you're, you know, maybe you're just listening for the content, which I appreciate. But if you have a team alive, which is most of us, still, you want fantasy points. And we talked about Nelson Aguilar in this game and how I think he's going to be a good start. A lot of you guys are starting Keenan Allen. A lot of you are starting Justin Herbert. We talked about Derek Carr. A lot of you guys are starting Darren Waller, including myself, Josh Jacobs. There's a lot of people being started in this Thursday game. So we take the under here. And even if we're wrong, even if we're wrong, and, you know, we lose this one out of five, big deal. Because you know what that means? And if you put money on this game, if you put money on the under, and you lose money on this game because it goes over, that's probably helping your fantasy teams, right? So it's kind of a hedge bet. That's always fun to do. And it's very possible that it hits the under and your fantasy players still do good because yardage, receptions, they could still get touchdowns. It doesn't have to be a crazy game just for your person to get a touchdown or two. So it's kind of a hedge bet, but that's the fourth one. And then the fifth one is the Seahawks minus 5.5 versus Washington. Once again, going to the good team that I think is clearly better than the other. And I think they're going to win by a touchdown or more. The Seahawks are only favored by five and a half. And here's the thing. I really like McLaurin when Haskins plays, right? We were talking about how I think McLaurin is even better with Haskins. And it's, it's shown to be that way so far. But I don't think Washington is better with Haskins. I think Washington is better with Alex Smith. So if Dwayne Haskins plays, I'm very confident in this. Because the Dwayne Haskins Washington football team is not going to be anywhere close to Seattle, I don't think. And if Alex Smith does play, he's going to be playing banged up. So I still like it in that sense as well. So I like the Seahawks, minus 5.5 to cover versus the Washington football team. The Chargers-Raiders Thursday night game has an over-under right now of 53. I'm taking the under. The Chiefs, I'm taking them to cover 3 points versus the Saints. I'm taking the Browns to cover 4 versus the Giants. And I'm taking the Bills to cover 6.5 versus the Broncos. Now, we're going to go to situations to monitor, and that will wrap up the podcast. Pretty short one, uh, partly because, you know, I came driven to this podcast. I got a lot of stuff crammed into my schedule today, and, you know, I had already prepped up the podcast. I had it ready, so it's not like I'm losing out any content. I'm just, you know, being efficient, that's all. So that's why it's a little bit quicker, and... Yeah, we're still getting all the same content. Situations to monitor. Let's get it. Jonathan Taylor versus Derrick Henry. What do you mean, Brandon? Well, I think one of those guys is RB1 this week. Not a RB1, the RB1. Derrick Henry or Jonathan Taylor, one of them is going to be the RB1. Let's look out for that. I'm calling it now. Jalen Hurts. Round two. We saw round one. He put up the gloves and he was going punch for punch with the Saints and he got the last knockout, right? He got, well, the only knockout. He got the last punch. In the last round, it was close, but he got it. And is he going to get it with Kyler Murray? He's got a new opponent. Similar type of play style, just like Taysom Hill. Run the ball. Got a good arm. Has a decent offense, a decent defense. Because the Eagles' defense is not really as good as they once were. But who knows? They they seem to be playing up. They seem to be playing up with Jalen Hurts. They're reinvigorated, re-energized, re-motivated. So that's been helping the defense. That's why they were able to do so good versus the Saints, I think. That was a big part of it. So Jalen Hurts round two. And also on the same team, Miles Sanders redemption tour? Is this the Miles Sanders redemption tour? He says, you know what? You guys have stuck with me. My owners have stuck with me through this season. And I have just been so frustrating. But I'm going to win it for you. You made it to the playoffs. You made it, and I'm going to make it worth it. 
I'm going to win it for you. Is that the case? Is Miles Sanders going to go off versus the Cardinals after going off versus the Saints? Definitely could be possible. And also, we, we want to keep an eye on, is Jalen Hurts at quarterback helpful to Miles Sanders? I kind of have the hypothesis or the theory that that is the case because the threat of the quarterback running makes it a lot harder to just commit to start stopping Miles Sanders. So I think that's going to be helpful. So we can look out for that too. And then John Brown returning possibly. And if he does return, what happens to Cole Beasley? Is Cole Beasley still going to be that locked and loaded flex for fantasy if John Brown is back? Is John Brown going to be the locked and loaded flex? What's going to happen there? And then lastly, Tua Tagovailoa versus Bill Belichick is the absolute dominance of Belichick's defenses versus rookies going to continue? I think it will. So those are the things to monitor. Remember, we got our five bets, and we went through the starts and sits. I hope your NFL team pulls out a win. If you are fighting for the playoffs, if your team is fighting for the playoffs, I hope your NFL team wins. If your team is fighting for a high draft pick, I hope your NFL team loses for your sake so you guys can get a better prospect, which, boy, by the way, can I not wait to get into this offseason. This is, I mean, every draft class is amazing in its own way. We got so many receivers in this draft class. The running backs are not nearly the level that they were last year or the year before or the year before or the year before. The running backs are kind of struggling. You know, we still got some good ones at the top, but it's not as deep a class and there's not as many elite guys. So that's a little different. But the receivers, who, I mean, the Terry McLaurin, Debo Samuel, A.J. Brown class, D.K. Metcalf class, and then this year's class with Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, C.D. Lamb, a whole bunch of others, Chase Claypool, you guys know the names. This is going to be another class just like that. Uh, I, you know, I'm not the only one who thinks that. A lot of people do. I can't wait to get into this class to really, really dive into it. And, um, you know, stay with me in the offseason. And uh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a fun ride. We're going to learn a lot together and hopefully set ourselves up for more titles next year. But don't want to get too far ahead because this week is the week that we are setting ourselves up for titles. Next week is the last week, guys. Hopefully you guys win. I'm wishing you luck. Hopefully you guys are wishing me luck as well. I got plenty of teams alive that I'm trying to get to the championship. And all you got to do is make it to the dance. All you need is that ticket to the dance. If you get to the championship, anything can happen. It don't matter what your team looks like. Anything can happen. Take it from a guy who has had the reigning most points fielded team for four straight years in one league and has still not won that league. And we're going to try and change that. So we'll see what happens. But uh, hey, anything can happen week to week. That's part of fantasy. The luck is part of it. And that's a huge reason, huge reason why it's so entertaining, so fun. Because it's not just, you know, numbers. And if you pull the numbers right, you're going to win. It's not always the case. So that's why it's super fun. Wish you guys luck. Have a good one. Peace.